kids and I'm proud of them. Praise the Lord. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Got to get him back some way. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and please do not turn there, it talks about a lot of witnesses. Uh, many people have said it's a cloud of witnesses. It's many witnesses. Uh, people's lifestyle, whom we can look at, read the scriptures over, and because they made it by faith, we can too. But you know, in searching the scriptures, I found another witness. And in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, I'd like to read from 16 through 21. Chapter 31, 16 through 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. And this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them. I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought, in that they are turned unto other gods. Now therefore write ye this song for you, and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I have, excuse me, for when I shall have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers that flowed with milk and honey and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat then will they turn unto their gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant and it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them that this song shall testify against them as a witness for it shall not be forgotten out of their mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, which they go about, even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. I ask my children tonight to do something that would normally seem almost impossible, except for God. Because my children haven't sang that song, it must be close to seven or eight years a long time but God prompted their mind and brought it back to them and tonight I would like to talk about a song can be your witness songs have played a very important part in our society not only in this day and age but in times past they you can teach your child rock by baby or this old man he played one he played knick-knack on my thumb or you can teach them rock around the clock. Or you can teach them what is now called hard rock or acid rock. You can let them learn these songs. You can let them sing them. And let me tell you something. The younger they learn them, the more imprinted on their mind it's going to become. 
But then again, is that the message we really want our children to convey to the world or ourselves? We can ask most of these young people in their teens and 20s and some of the older ones like Butch and Larry, and I bet they could sing Away in the Manger without missing a beat. Our Jesus loves me, this I know. On a hill called Mount Calvary, or the song He Has Risen, or the song He Was There All the Time. You see, songs can uplift and they can strengthen. They can give courage and strength in the time of stress or in the time of trouble. They can give much joy in the time of sadness. The Lord can prompt your heart to it. But on the other hand, there are these songs that's coming about nowadays that are very, very poor. And these songs can degrade and mock and discourage. And they can even give hopelessness. How many songs have you heard about, oh, I'm going to divorce him and she's going to marry somebody else and my secret love and, oh, I don't know, uh, we don't even play the radio anymore, so I'm kind of lost <laughs> on some of those. But I know when I quit playing the radio, they was having a lot of those hopeless songs. There wasn't a bit of hope nowhere in them could you find. But I'm wondering tonight, if our God would come back, what song would he find in our heart? Would he find a song of hopefulness or hopelessness? Could we lift somebody up with a song in our heart when we are so down ourselves that there's no way that we could, as the term sees daylight? I've been thinking a lot about these songs lately. And I think that we as parents, we've got a choice on what we let our little bitty ones sing. And then I wonder when we hear them sing songs, are they a witness for God or are they a witness for the world? Songs. They're everywhere. They're in the air, it seems like. We sing scripture songs now, and that's for a very good purpose. Because I feel like God has opened the door to this word to this precious word of God. I feel like he's opened the door for us to take every one of those scripture songs and begin to sing them and teach them to our children. Because we have heard since the time that I first came into church, which has been better than 20 some odd years ago, close to 30, that one of these days somebody's going to knock on our door, take our Bibles away and throw them away and burn them up. We can't have a Bible. Well, now, I'm sure most of you have heard this. But tell me something, if they did do that, what song would you have in your heart? Would it be rock around the clock, or Jesus is our solid rock? I think God has a combative force. We know when the enemy starts to rise up a warfare, a wage a battle, that God immediately rises up a standard for us to reach up there and grab hold of it. And I think this song business that's going around now, I think God's rising up his scriptures just merely, simply, absolutely to combat this thing that's going on. Think about what your children sing around home. To whom are they witnessing? Are they witnessing about the Almighty God, the joy, the peace, the love, the salvation that he can bring? Or are they witnessing for the other powers as the 
normal church world says worldly songs. I've thought about this a lot, and God's really dealt with my heart quite a bit on the songs that we let our children sing and the music that we let them listen to. And I'm very grieved tonight with some of these things that our little kids can come up with. And sometimes it's just because the television's on and they pick up this song. And I know it might sound a little bit funny, but if you want to find out really what's going on with your young people, turn the TV on on Saturday morning and watch cartoons for a little while. And I've been doing that the last few weeks because I want to know what my grandchildren and other children are being fed. And I have been appalled and sickened at one of the little programs. Really, really, it's not bad. No way. But last Saturday morning, they were teaching your children how to do one of the vulgarest dances I've ever seen in my life, called the snake. And I think a week or so ago, it was another one called the hippopotamus or the walk or the stomp. But nevertheless, it is designed for nothing in the world to bring out the obscenity and the degradation of our children. And they're going to start at this level. It's not, they used to go right for our teenagers. Well, they still go for them, too. But now, let me tell you something. If you're not watching Saturday morning cartoons, turn it off. Don't let your kid watch it, either. Because some of them are just simply so degrading. The songs are so degrading for the children, it isn't even fit to hear. But, Sister Hostclaw, that's cute. My child don't understand that. No, but the devil does. And the powers of hell does. And I'll tell you something else. When they get up a little bit older and they're going to do those little twisty, wiggly, snaky dances, you stop it then. Honey, it's too late. There's going to be a song witness against you. Where's God's song? Where's God's actions? I'm stirred tonight. I'm really moved. Because we see our Christian experiences mocked in a lot of these songs. How many times have you seen them saying, Oh, hallelujah! And there's nothing to praise the Lord about because they weren't even talking about the Lord. They weren't even talking about anything good most of the time. They've been on there lately. And I think when you say hallelujah, that means 10,000 praises to God. But that, that's something else, Sister Oscar. They don't really mean anything. Brother Ken, am I doing all right tonight? You told me still Santa Claus. I am. Praise the Lord. <laughs> too many times and too long, we've fallen into the trap of it doesn't matter. Our children are too young. They don't understand. Well, let me tell you something right now. Your children understand far more than you do. And your children, a lot of them, has got you hoodwinked. We're around where we can hear them. See, we don't have any little ones at home. Them, that was our four, my four, that was up here singing a while ago. He's not going to get back at me. But see, we don't have those kids around home anymore. But we do have our grandchildren. We've got a couple of them in school, and they talk. We've got your children that visit with us and have pizza parties, don't we? And they talk. If you don't ever want the preacher and his wife to know anything, don't ever tell your kid. Because your kid's got confidence in us. Praise the Lord. 
But anyway, getting back to where the devil tells you it's nothing. If your child does it, that's nothing. That isn't going to hurt anything. Well, tell me something. Why let your child do something if it's nothing? There's so many things advantageous that your child could be learning that would be corresponding to the word of God. The very songs they sing, the very actions they act, the very things they watch, that the eye feeds the mind. You can retain far more what you see than what you hear. I used to know the statistics on it, but I've forgotten it because I heard it. I didn't read it. But you can. You can remember a dress somebody wore on a particular night when you may not even remember their name because your eyes saw the dress it didn't see the name. We've got to watch those witnesses that are against us. Music can calm the savage turmoil within our soul. And we know this simply because King David called, I mean, King Saul called for King David to come and play the harp. And David played the melodies of God, the songs of the Lord, and thereby that savage turmoil that was inside of King Saul began to quiet and soothe the spirit. Brother and sister, are you upset tonight and does your world seem like it's turmoil? Then get some soothing music concerning the word of God and the ways of God on your record player, on your tape, whatever, you, whatever type of music you can play it on. Get it on. Find out tonight and test to see if what I'm saying is not so. I challenge you because it's true. Music can cause your heart to repent and turn to the Lord. And I know there was a time not too long ago I was upset about something or other and the Lord began to deal with me. And instead of me getting really upset and really angry, all of a sudden the chorus, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It began to come to pass. And it, it not only come in my mind, it began to come in my heart. And the next thing I knew it was coming out my mouth. And the next thing I knew I forgot my problem. Because the word of God was there to comfort the savage turmoil that was on the inside. was there to calm when I got real upset about something. And it's also there to strengthen. And when you get frightened, you can remember the word of God. It is a strong tower in the, mind of, in the time of trouble. All you've got to do is run into him and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And there's just something so beautifully sweet about that name. We sing the chorus now just repeating Jesus' name over and over again. And there's just something so calm and so quieting that no matter what's wrong, it seems like everything's right. Because it is right. We can't see it with this natural eye, but look at it with the spiritual eye and everything's right. Brother Aaron said in his messages, so I don't know how many times during this last revivals, you know why it's right? Because the end of the book says we're winners. We're winners. Get a song in your heart. Get the word of God in your heart. I can remember a song, and I'm sure most of you can, much easier then you can remember a scripture just to sit down and say, Now, give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, and uh, with 
the words of my mouth. I can't read my glasses on. But to try to memorize that would be the hardest thing in the world. But if I could set a melody to it, it wouldn't be long before I'd be singing it. Drive down the highway, you can sing. You don't have to open your Bible and start reading. You can just begin to sing the Word of God. And look how precious God thought that Word was. Open up your Bible to the book of Psalms and go from one to 150. Look at it. Look at it. Psalms means nothing more than songs. Look at it. He starts off with, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. He starts off telling us how to get close to him. Amen. That we should do these things. Brother Aaron preached a beautiful message on this too while he was here. It's fantastic. It can be applied to the personal life or to the family life or to the church life. But let's look over here in 150. It changes because it, he assumes that we've done what he's told us to do. And now what are we doing? We're praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. And you know they've even set that to music. And our choir sings that. Do you know... We can sing the first of psalms. We can sing 150 of psalms and all in between. God is opening the doors. He's opening the music to people. And they're beginning to sing the songs of Zion. Oh, I tell you, my heart's thrilled tonight. I just am, am so lifted up in the word of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that in this day and age in which we live, God is combating Hard rock, acid rock, with the rock, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. I don't think this is going to turn you around tonight. I don't think it's going to make you stop a lot of these things that your children are listening to. I'm not denying the power of God, but I also know the power of flesh. But this I will say, it's a witness against you now if you don't. Put a song of God in your heart. The melody of the Lord in your soul. That in the time of trouble you can be lifted up. And you can lift others up. A song is a witness. A song is a witness. Did you notice what the Lord said here? He told Moses, he said, the people aren't going to listen to you. He said, they're going to follow the ways of the world. But he said, Moses, write this song against them. Let it be a witness against them, Moses. But they're not going to do it. They're going to follow the ways of the world. They're going to follow the, um, oh, excuse me while I find it. They're going to turn to the other gods of the world. He wasn't uh, blind to the fact that there wasn't going to be other gods. He said they're going to go whoring after other gods and strangers of the land. Now that's pretty rough language.
in anybody's talk. But that just seems simply means you turn off your God Almighty and you go after these things, this lust of the flesh, pleasures of the flesh, pleasures of the eye, pleasures of the ear. That's exactly what it means. You go after the things of this world and you do not go after the things of God. He said, they will go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant. Brother and sister, I don't know if you know it or not, but whenever you kneel at this altar and you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you entered into a covenant with him. And when you go after other gods and you go after other pleasures besides him for your pleasure, you're breaking your covenant with him. And the song's going to be a witness against you. The song will be a witness. We sang songs of Zion tonight. Brother Butch led us in three courses and then he led us in the scriptures. I mean the song from the book. And every one of them is a witness against us tonight if we don't listen to the words of them. Too often we've gotten in the habit of just singing words. But the song is a witness. The song is a witness. And God says his anger shall be kindled against them in that day. And I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. This doesn't sound like the God that promised to take care of Israel. This doesn't sound like the God that made all the covenants with Israel and told them that if they followed him, he'd be their Lord, he'd be their guide, he'd be their shield, he'd be their stay, he'd be the healer of their bodies, he'd be the keeper of their soul. Sounds to me like some people did some breaking of a covenant pretty bad. That are not these evils come upon us. The people recognized, are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And it sure wasn't God's fault. It wasn't God's fault. This song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. And it's your duty and it's your obligation to teach your children the word of God, the songs of God, the praises of God. And if they don't, the songs they do sing on their lips will be a witness against you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.